This is Cruise Radio. If you're traveling with travel insurance, you're traveling smart. Get a quote today at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Happy to have you here. A review of Royal Caribbean's Adventurer of the Seas coming up this week. Also, Sherry stopping by with Cruise News. Uh, by the way, if you've emailed me over the past couple of weeks and I haven't replied, I am sorry. I'll get to you. I promise. Um, it's been really, really crazy. Like literally in two hours, I'm heading down to Port Canaveral for two days for some ship things. So yeah, I will get to your email. Keep them coming too, by the way. Love to get your reviews. Love your listener emails. Doug at cruiseradio.net. All right. Sherry is here with Cruise News. Hey, Sherry. Hey, Doug. So Carnival Cruise Line is rolling out a new menu to more cruise ships. Yeah, Carnival Steakhouse, which is also known as Fahrenheit. I always want to say 451, but it's 555. They have a new menu scheduled to be rolled out across the fleet in the next few months. It's currently available on Horizon, Vista, Magic, Dream, and Breeze, and next in line. And if you're sailing tomorrow on the Conquest, you're in luck because it's rolling out tomorrow. And then the Carnival Liberty later in July, the Freedom, and the Valor are throughout August. Um, now, they've tested out the menu on the Magic and the Vista, and they've got some interesting things like oysters over ice for an appetizer and then in the usual farm-raised honey vinegar chicken entree. But uh, I don't know if any, everyone's going to be thrilled with this. Coming off the menu are the escargot and the cream spinach, and also going away are the cheesecake, the chocolate sampler dessert, and the crab cake appetizer. The good news is prices seem to be holding steady at the current $35 per person. See, now, when they made those moves, I was the escargot was kind of disappointing, the cream spinach was disappointing, and taking the cheesecake, cause you remember how big that cheesecake was? Taking was that cheesecake off, yeah, it was like a size of a football, so I don't, I don't know. And, and the same thing with Cucina del Capitano. They, they took off the cannolis and tiramisu off the dessert menu, like... That's an Italian restaurant. Why would you what? not serve tiramisu and cannolis? Yeah, you know tiramisu in an Italian restaurant. Yeah, that's what you got. Anyway, oh, well. moving on here. Uh, yeah. So a big, big move today from Norwegian Cruise Line. It looks like China is not doing as well as they anticipated. Well, this seems to be uh, something that's happening. You know, throughout all the cruise ships are bringing them back, and Norwegian just announced they're bringing the Norwegian Joy back from Asia. Coming to America, and in 2019, the Joy is going to relocate to Seattle and join the Norwegian Bliss for seasonal cruises to Alaska. The Joy will replace the Norwegian Pearl, wait, no, hold on, which will relocate to Amsterdam and then to Rome. And in the meantime, Joy is going to undergo a $50 million upgrade, which Norwegian says will make the ship virtually identical to the Bliss. And like the Bliss, Joy already features the go-kart track, though not quite as big, and a laser tag arena. And then more for the Joy, after Alaska, it's going to go down the coast to Los Angeles and do Mexican Riviera and a Panama Canal cruise. Um, and if you're interested, these go on sale on July 24th. Sorry to cut you off. So they're going to do a $50 million uh, enhancement to Norwegian Joy. So I'm guessing that's kind of – I know how the Asian market is really big on shops and casinos. So probably turning those into more generic public spaces, I guess. Yeah, and that and, and the restaurants too are different. Yeah, that's true. Interesting. Yeah, so lots of changes. Um, you know, it's interesting, you know, like we said, they're all bringing their ovations coming back. They're all coming. The Mariner came back. So 
It's yeah. interesting. And Carnival Cruise was going to put a couple of, or at least one ship over there, and they kind of canceled that too. I think Splendor was going over yeah. there. It was supposed to, like this year, I think, and it's not going anymore. It's going to um, Australia, I think. Okay, so moving on. This next story comes from the Royal Caribbean blog. Uh, so it looks like Symphony of the Seas is trying something brand new. It's basically an interactive luggage departure. Talk to us about this. Yeah, this is pretty interesting. I'm the Symphony of the Seas, and, you know, it's really a paper-saving opportunity, and it asks you how you would like your luggage taken off the ship, and your choices are either do-it-yourself or the usual luggage service. They want to know what are your plans once you're in port, you know, if it's a car or or a flight, and what time do you want to leave the ship, and this runs in increments from 6.15 a.m. until 9 a.m. So there's three things that you check on the TV, um, and, you know, that's about it. So you, don't, you won't have to get, uh, stand in line or fill out the forms and hand them in and get the color-coded luggage tags. Uh, it l- looks like everything will be delivered to your room without having to do all the, the, the footwork beforehand. Yeah, I'm a big fan of frictionless disembarkation. I mean, I'm always the first person off the ship anyway, but I think anything to make that disembark process quicker and easier and, yes, green by saving paper, you know, way to go Royal Caribbean. Uh, Last but not least here, Celebrity Cruises announced uh, some game-changing makeovers uh, this week. Talk to us about this. Yeah, this is pretty nice. Celebrity has announced a $500 million fleet-wide refurbishment And this is coming right on the heels of they're just about to launch Celebrity Edge, which is coming out this November. They're calling this, you know, everyone has their name for it. This is called Celebrity Revolution. And this project, which will begin in 2019 with the uh, Celebrity Millennium First and will eventually roll out across the fleet through 2023. And one of their main focuses, it seems, is transforming the suites, which are pretty nice already, into even more lavish accommodations. And uh, similar to what The Edge has, it's an area called The Retreat, Mm -hmm. and it's only for suite-class guests. And it has an outdoor lounge, a full-size pool, hot tub, and pool butlers, and that's going to be added to all ships in the fleet. And just on a side note to me, it sounds like they're going for sort of a mini version of a ship-within-a-ship concept. Which, you know, for people like me that have been cruising for a long time, uh, sometimes these massive ships just get a little bit overwhelming through the years. And, uh, you know, the ship within a ship concept, I think, is great for keeping passengers that would have maybe gone on to a smaller or luxury type cruise ship. So it's a big deal, $500 million. Yeah, you know, I would like to, I think I would like to do like the MSC Yacht Club or the Haven or heck, even uh, Havana on the Carnival new Vista class ships because I I can appreciate the fewer people, but still having the big cruise experience. Yeah, and even with uh, MSC Yacht Club, you know, they reserve seats for you in the show lounge. Mm -hmm. So um, your butler can escort you there. The seats are roped off. You don't have to homestead for, you know, 20 minutes before the (laughs) performance to get a decent seat. So, yeah, there are some advantages. And, and like I said, it, you know, for people that have been on enough big ships and want to try something smaller, this is a good, good way to do it and keep their passengers. And, of course, we'll see Celebrity Edge down in Fort Lauderdale come November of this year. So looking forward Absolutely. to that. So listener questions here, as always, drop me a line, Doug, at cruiseradio.net. First one comes from Jan. Sailing on Carnival Magic, can we bring our cooler for canned sodas or do we need to keep them in the box? Well, this is kind of interesting, uh, and I did some research, uh, Jan, so hopefully this will help you and others. Um, it says guests are prohibited from 
prohibited from bringing large coolers on board, and I stress prohibited on purpose, and, um, but you can bring small personal-sized com- uh, coolers, which are no larger than a, a square, 12 by 12 by 12, and you can bring small quantities of non-alcoholic beverages, which would be your canned sodas, um, or, of course, if you have medications that you need to bring, that's how you would take them, and that's permitted as carry-on luggage. So you can't bring your uh, beach cooler um, where two people each carry a handle and you try to get all your canned sodas on that. So okay. pack them in a little small cooler, and you're okay. Last one's from Robin. How much money can we spend on our cruise without having to pay taxes, and how would we pay those taxes if we crossed that threshold? This is confusing. I've, I've written about this in the past, and I had to reread it just to confirm what was in my brain. And here's how it goes. If you're cruising on the eastern to the Eastern Caribbean, which would be, you know, St. Thomas, St. Croix, and St. John, every person can bring back $1,600 of duty-free purchases. So that means tax-free. You can also bring, and this is, listen carefully, one liter of alcohol per person and an additional four liters if you purchase those in the U.S. Virgin Islands. And one of those additional four liters must be a product of the U.S. Virgin Islands, which would be, you know, the rum products and things like that. Um, If you're looking for cigarettes, uh, one carton of cigarettes can be brought in and an additional four if purchased directly in the U.S. Virgin Islands, and that means keep your receipts so that in case you need to present them at customs when you leave the ship, you have it ready. Um, Now, if if you're cruising to the Western Caribbean or anywhere else in the world, basically, Every person can only spend $800 of duty-free purchasing. Um, and so, you know, I mean, unless you're going to buy it. If you're buying a $10,000 chocolate diamond, you know, you will have to pay duty on that. Uh, you can also bring one liter of alcohol per person, a carton of cigarettes, or get this, 100 cigars. Uh-huh. Okay. But uh, I can't imagine that would be, you need a, a suitcase for that. But um, if you do exceed the amount that, uh, that you're bringing in, like you asked, um, you will pay, it's about 4% tax on the overage, in case you're curious. And then uh, the way you pay that, it's, it's, it's almost like, you know, a little kid in school being taken off to the, the, the side there. Uh, you declare it, and then you literally you go out of the line. And there, from my experience, I didn't do it, but I've seen it happen to people I was cruising with. They have to go over to a separate area, show their receipts, because they, they purchase like 20 bottles of booze. And uh, they had to pay tax on that. And then it does slow you down a little bit. So if you're purchasing a lot that is above the limit that I just mentioned, you know, just allow another maybe 15, 20, 30 minutes to pay your taxes. It's interesting because I just learned this a couple of cruises ago. So, you know, they scan your card at the duty-free stores at the pier, right? Like when you're in Cozumel or whatever. That gets reported Mm -hmm. back to the ship. Yes. Because, one... The shopping specialists, the shop port shopping guides, make commission off your sale on the back end, and two, it's reported for tax purposes. So don't try to lie. If you're, you know, if you exceed that sixteen hundred dollars or eight hundred dollar limit, they're going to bust you. I'm glad you said that because people do try to smuggle, you know, five six bottles uh, from the Western Caribbean, and uh, they will get caught because it is tracked, just like you said. 
Sherry, uh, <laughs> big big confusion <laughs> because I keep so let's just tell the listeners because I keep getting called out about this. I'm calling you Sherry Laskin on one end and Sherry Kennedy on the other end. What is it? I'm going to go with Laskin. Okay. That's my own name, and I'm going to Alaska pretty soon. So I think it just sort of all works out together. I love it. You're Alaskan. <laughs> I know. I am walk, Alaskan. Walk, walk, I used to tell people I was, and I was born in Nome. <laughs> That's fun. Well, <laughs> Sherry, <laughs> talking with Sherry at cruisemaven.com. Uh, by the way, I know you're leaving this weekend going up to Alaska, so uh, safe travels, and we'll talk to you hopefully along the way. Yeah, for sure. Talk to you then. Bye. Cruise Radio. Maintaining our global reach. Listen Live at cruiseradio.net. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. We know you can't go on every single cruise, so we do it for you. Find over 200 ship reviews and money-saving tips at cruiseradio.net or search Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio. So Tony and her mom just returned from a seven-night sailing on Royal Caribbean's Adventure of the Seas. It's a Canada-New England cruise out of Bayonne, New Jersey. And Tony joins us on the line. Hey, Tony. Hey, Doug. How are you? Good. Thanks for being here and sharing your review of Adventure of the Seas. Haven't heard uh, from that ship in a long time, so excited to talk with you all about it. Uh, Before we get to the ship itself, as always, we'll take a step back and give us some pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to sail this Canada-New England cruise on Adventure? Well, first of all, we it was our first World Caribbean cruise, and we've been wanting to do one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd always done Carnival before. And then also the ports were different. Um, my mom went with me, and neither one of us had ever been to Maine or Canada. So that was kind of exciting, and we wanted to try something new. Nice. So you live uh, up in Georgia, and you had to get to Bay New Jersey. Did you do any pre-cruise time in the area? Not too much in the area. Um, We drove up, and we actually ended up stopping off in Washington, D.C. and looking at the White House on the way. Mm -hmm. But we did do a pre-cruise stay at the Hilton Newark Airport, uh, which was great. I highly recommend that. They had, like, a park and stay and um, cruise-type deal where they shuttled us back and forth Mm -hmm. to the terminal, and that made it a lot easier. I'm always curious about that that region and, you know, the whole Bayonne and Manhattan cruising area because it's so expensive to park up there anyway. Did you find that was the best deal using the, like, the the stay and cruise park package? I did. I mean, I think the rate we got was, like, maybe $280. Oh, that's not bad for and a night, it, too. It included up to eight days of parking and the shuttle and the hotel. So I felt like that was a great deal. 
Yeah, so you get to the uh, the cruise terminal right there at Bayonne, which is a fairly new terminal. Uh, how long did it take you to get from the curb to the ship? Not too long. I think uh, we got there at 11, and we were on board, I want to say, by 12. Okay. Um, which we didn't think was too bad, especially since it was our first time with World Caribbean. We didn't have any kind of priority boarding or anything. Mm-hmm. But everybody was really friendly and got on the ship pretty smoothly. Did you find them using a lot of technology like iPads and such for Embark? They did. They had a, um, I want to say they had an iPad um, when you went up there mm-hmm. um, when they checked and they scanned our passports with okay. it. Yeah, that was one of the first Royal Caribbean ports to start using that technology. Very cool. So this is your first Royal Caribbean cruise. You make your way on board Adventure of the Seas. What was your first impression? It is a beautiful ship. Um, we were very impressed with just the design. Also, how clean it was, and the crew were so friendly. I think that was the thing that stood out the most um, for this ship in general. Like, I don't think I've ever been on a ship where the crew have just been so nice. Um, So we really enjoyed that. We did go. They kind of shuffled us up to the um, Windjammer. Mm -hmm. That was kind of chaotic, to be honest. There were a lot of people, and um, it didn't seem very organized there. I think if I did that again, I would probably just go down to the Prominent Cafe and have pizza. Okay. Because that would have been a lot easier, just learning from that mistake. But overall, the ship was great. Um, the amenities on board were wonderful, and we found out they had a heated pool in the solarium. So we were really excited about that since the weather was going to be cooler. That is awesome. As you're saying that, it is like thundering and lightning outside the studio so loud right now. <laughs> like, it was perfect timing. So, yeah, as far as the buffet then, what was your – and we'll touch more on this in a few moments when we talk about dining. But comparing it to your embarkation buffet on Carnival, what would you think? I thought that it's pretty comparable. Carnival had, I think, a couple more options that appealed to me mm-hmm. a little bit. It wasn't bad. The food was fine in the buffet. It did get a little repetitive because mm-hmm. I don't feel like they changed it a lot. Like it was kind of like they offered the same things over and over. Okay. So by day six and seven, it was kind of like you wanted something new. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I felt like it was pretty good in the Windjammer. We'll talk later about dining. I, I yeah. wasn't too crazy about the dining room. Gotcha. But. Okay. Um, so you make your way to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you book and what did you think of it? Um, we had an inside stateroom. It was on deck seven and it was more forward. It was perfect for us. Um, we had a, our stateroom attendant, Norma. She was fabulous. Couldn't complain about her at all. She would get us stuff that we didn't even know we needed. So she was great. And it was a perfect location because we just walk right out to the elevators and we mm-hmm. go right down to the promenade, which we spent the most time there. So, What did you think of, of course, the promenade, a whole new concept from you sailing Carnival in the past? What did you think of that area? Oh, we loved it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was our favorite um, part, I think, especially since the weather was colder. It was harder to be outside. It just made for a great place, and it just had a great vibe. They had this really awesome um, 70s dance party there, mm-hmm. and it was so much fun. We loved it. And you said you spent most of your time there. What, where did you hang out? The Promenade Cafe. Okay. We gotcha. would go. They have um, a really nice setup with coffee and tea, um, and then they had snacks if you wanted it. And they also had like a coffee bar that served um, like Starbucks mm-hmm. coffee. And we were able to get like this coffee card for 15 coffees for like $30. That's so we would bad. do that a lot. Yeah, it was a good deal. I yeah, thought. totally. So let's talk about dining. So we were talking about the, uh, the marketplace already, or the Windjammer rather. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the main dining room. What time dining did you have, and what did you think of the experience? We had my time dining. Okay. The service was always good. We enjoyed the service. To be honest, we were kind of disappointed in the food. 
And I don't know if that was because the first two nights we did our specialty dining. So we did Giovanni's Table and we did Chops Grill. And I don't know if maybe because we did those first, maybe the dining room food just didn't stack up Mm -hmm. because those were really good. But we kind of left a little disappointed every night with the dining room food. The quality of the food was good. It was just like, I don't know, it just lacked flavor for some reason. What was your favorite meal you had in there? Probably Chops Grill overall. In the dining room, probably... I didn't like any of them. <laughs> okay, fair, fair enough. Okay, so as far as Chops Grill, did you do a dining package or did you just do like a la carte for each one? I had gotten a buy one, get one. Mm-hmm. So we bought, if as long as you dined on the first and second night, if you bought one, you got one for free. Okay. So it was $40 and you got both restaurants. So I felt like that was a good deal. That was a, That's a really good deal. Did you? Was that a special one you booked or was it through a travel agency or... They emailed me. Okay. Um, and it was a special when that when they emailed. It was one of the things they were running. Awesome. Very good. Did you get to hit up like the pizza joint? Uh, what is it called? Sorrento's? Uh, that wasn't on deck, but they did have pizza in the Promenade Cafe. Okay. Very good. Nice. We'll talk about entertainment. How was the entertainment on board this seven-night sailing? We really enjoyed the cruise director, Chris Brown. I thought he did a really good job. Um, we liked the comedian hypnotist that came mm-hmm. from Vegas. He was hilarious. Uh, we also really enjoyed the quest and the marriage and love show. Those were good. Yeah. I felt like as far as the in-house entertainment, I felt like Carnival kind of not had a notch up on them on this one. Mm-hmm. It didn't really have a, much of a storyline. Like the dance quality was really good, but when they were just dancing over and over again, it kind of was like you felt like you wanted a story to buy into, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I hear you. As far as the music and the public areas around the ship and the, dif- the different venues, how was that? That was really good. Um, we went to several of the different bars, um, and they had different themes going on. And so that was kind of great because you got to kind of go to what you were interested in. A lot of times on um, one of their bars, they would do, like, music trivia from mm-hmm. different decades. And that was fun. My mom really enjoyed that, especially when they did the 70s because that was her time area. So Nice. Speaking of the bars, did you get a drink package? No, we didn't. No. Okay. Very good. Now, what ports of call did you hit on this seven-night sailing? We did Portland, Maine. Um, that one was probably our favorite. It was breathtaking. We took a trolley to all the different lighthouses. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had a lobster dinner, and that was a lot oh, of fun. Awesome. So, yeah, it was good. Um, Bar Harbor, we really liked. It was really cute. It was cold and rainy the day we were there, but mm-hmm. we still enjoyed walking around and shopping. The people were really friendly. After that, we went to St. John in Canada and to be honest, we were a little disappointed. There wasn't a lot there. Oh, I love that um, place. Really? I don't, maybe we just didn't see it. I don't know. We didn't find a lot. We went to a coffee shop and then kind of walked back to the ship. So I don't know. Maybe we missed the fun stuff. I don't know. You know what I did when I, when I went there? I went zip lining over the reverse rapids. Oh, and okay. It was, uh, that was cool. And plus, you have some really cool breweries right in town there. Yeah, so we fun. did see some breweries, so. Yeah. Anyway, okay. so it's, it's about you, not me. So what'd you do next? <laughs> <laughs> um, we went to Halifax, um, and we really liked it. It had a really nice waterfront, so we were able to walk along the waterfront. And they had this little trolley that you could, um, it was for a donation, for like a mm-hmm. dollar to five dollars. And you could, they would take you around, and they'd tell you about the city. So that was really cool. Okay, so I have to ask you in Halifax, because mm-hmm. I was just there a couple of weeks ago. Okay. Did you eat any good food? I think we just did the brewery. We did one of the Brook Garrison's breweries. Okay, sure. Um, we didn't eat, so but we did enjoy them. We did enjoy some craft beer, and we brought some back with us. So. They have this donut place that's on the pier where you walk by, and uh-huh. it, they do maple bacon donuts. 
Oh, that sounds so good. So <laughs> good. And then they have... Oh, I hate when you miss that. That sounds delicious. And they have a place called Dave's Lobster. It's like a little lobster shack that has like lobster rolls, lobster burgers, anything lobster. So I went there too. It was... Yeah. Love Halifax. What do you think, what do you think of Halifax as a whole? I liked it a lot. Yeah. I wouldn't mind spending more time there. I thought there was a lot to do and um, a lot of really neat little shops to go into. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed it. Now, was Halifax your last stop? Yes, it was. Okay, so you make your way back. How was the sea day between Halifax and going back as far as like crowds and congestion and all of that? Well, it was our, I think our second sea day. Mm -hmm. We had had one at the beginning of the cruise and I feel like the second one was much better. The one at the beginning was very crowded because the weather was bad and it was really foggy and cold. Yeah. The second day was really good. The weather, I think it was like 65 degrees, but the pool was heated, so we were able to spend the whole day out there, mm -hmm. which was really nice. Um, one thing was the ship did get crowded really easily, um, and I heard a lot of people complaining about lines. We didn't really mind too much because I guess we just expected to stand in line, but I did hear a lot of people who were more familiar with World Caribbean say that this wasn't something that usually happens. So. Yeah. As far as the smoke, like, you know, of course, the casino is always really smoky, but did that mm -hmm. drift into the public areas outside of the casino? It did. Um, it made the there are stairs that come up to the promenade, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of times when you would be walking through, and it would smell like you were walking through a cloud of smoke. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting how some ships kind of divert that smell and some don't. It's um, yeah, yeah, different systems. There were like, times we're like, "Are they smoking up here?" And then we figured out it was coming up from the casino. Yeah, so you make your way back to Bayonne and you go to disembark. How was that process? That was great. Mm -hmm. It was a breeze. It was very organized, very efficient. It was real smooth. Okay, no complaints there. And then you you mentioned that your your shuttle was waiting for you and brought you right back to your hotel to get your car. Yeah, we walked down, got our luggage, walked out, and then we're probably on the curb for a minute before the shuttle pulled up. Okay, not bad at all. Very nice. Now, looking back, do you have any first-time tips to offer? I definitely, like I said before, I would instead of doing the Windjammer, I would probably just hit up the cafe mm -hmm. downstairs for lunch on embarkation day just to avoid that craziness. And then also dress warm. We weren't really prepared for how cold it got. There were some days it was in the 40s. Mm -hmm. um, and I ended up having to buy shoes and uh, a jacket in Bar Harbor because all I brought was flip flops. So. Yeah, it, it's amazing. Like you're you're from you're in Georgia, and I'm down here in yeah. Florida. Like I did that transatlantic sailing, and there was one day when it was 45 degrees, and I'm like, I wasn't expecting this in yeah. you know in May, 45 degree weather. But yeah, no. And Bar Harbor, they were very smart because they marked down like a lot of their jackets to like twenty dollars and like sweatshirts to ten, mm -hmm. and we joked because. Everybody on that cruise had the same jacket. Oh, that's <laughs> so funny. They all bought it. <laughs> nice. So. Now, um, what was your biggest highlight of this cruise? Portland. It was yeah. beautiful. We just really, we really loved it. We loved the trolley tour. We loved the restaurant we ate at. It was just great. You said you went to um, Giovanni's Table was one of them? Mm -hmm. Yes. What did you think of that restaurant? I'm just curious. Because I've, I always hear mixed reviews on that venue. I liked the The steak I got was really good. Mm -hmm. uh, we were kind of... I don't want to say disappointed. Like when you hear Italian, like we were thinking like lasagna and pasta and things like that. Um, my mom was really looking forward to that. And so we were kind of disappointed that they didn't have, she loves lasagna. Mm -hmm. And so she was kind of sad they didn't have lasagna, but the steak we got was delicious. Um, and I think I got whatever the appetizer I got, it was like a tomato mozzarella salad. It was really good. Okay. We liked it. So, um, I would, I would go back there. I think in comparison to chops though, if I had to choose, I would choose chops. Yeah. Oh, you can't go wrong with chops. Always a, mm -hmm. always a solid winner there. Um, well in closing here, what are your final thoughts of adventure of the seas? 
I think it's a great ship. Um, I think it was a lot of fun. The crew were fantastic. They are the friendliest people I've ever met. Um, just a real servant's attitude. Like, what can we get you? How can we help you? You want to make your sailing pleasant. Yeah. So they did a great job. Um, but And they had so much to do on that ship. Um, there were so many amenities. Uh, there weren't a lot of kids on this sailing because it was kind of early in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if you went with your family on this, you would have a lot to do because they had the rock wall. They had the um, the surfing in the back. They had like a whole kid's splash area. They had a lot to do. So, But you got to admit, it was very nice not having a ton of kids on board. Well, considering that both my mom and I are teachers, it was kind of a nice little break. Yeah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> we were kind of like kid-free. It was nice. <laughs> Very good. We've, so. been, we've been talking with Tony. She just uh, got back from a seven-night Canada-New England sailing on Royal Caribbean's Adventure of the Seas. Tony, thanks so much for spending some time with us this afternoon. Thank you so much. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Let's see what we've got for you. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.